and welcome to the How to Be a Grown-Up podcast for grown-ups, the show where each week we discuss an aspect of modern life that any adult should really have mastered by now, but we remain baffled by. Ever had a conversation with the in-laws about tax and felt totally lost? Ever held a friend's baby and, far from finding it cute, just thought it looked like an alien? Ever sat in a meeting at work and instead of paying attention to the very important PowerPoint presentation, you're just singing Return of the Mac in your head? Yeah, well, this is the podcast for you. Remember, you can get in touch at The Grown Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, okay, this ooh. is, <laughs> this is the, the weirdest world? thing in the world. I was going to say, and um, please welcome our guest for this week. Well, I was about to do that. That's what you interrupted me to do. All right. It's going so well. <laughs> Isolation. Well, joining us this week is the wonderful Jess Impiazzi. Jess, hello. Hello, hello guys. <laughs> it's going really well so far. Um, so we're all currently in isolation in various locations around the UK, staying safe. Uh, how are you both? Well, Jess, how are you? I don't really care about Joe. <laughs> Um, yeah, really well, thanks. I've fled London and gone back to my mum's house in Surrey, um, which is a lot more quiet and people are sticking to the rules. Um, I actually feel like I'm on a little holiday, but inside, and I've, I've done a timetable to make sure I fill my days wisely. So I'm actually getting lots of stuff done. I'm seeing the positives in this. Jess, what's on your timetable? Well, I've got one right here, Joe. I'll read to you. <laughs> Eight thirty is my wake up and have breakfast and a lemon and ginger tea. By nine thirty, I run a minimum of five k. And I don't know if you've heard of Wim Hof, but at ten thirty a.m., it's my cold shower brackets Wim Hof method, where I've got to get in the most freezing cold shower possible for ten minutes. Um, your brain. He's a really amazing guy. If you want to watch him on YouTube and stuff, he's great. I've I've met him. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. I went to a party with him in Portugal. How's how's that for us? No, <laughs> you are now one of the coolest people I know. I'm really jealous. <laughs> he did break dancing. He's about seventy. Yeah. And we were at this party. So basically, I made this video for a like a running company, and he was there teaching people how to be really cold and stuff, and do all his breathing techniques, which, yeah. as you said, are amazing. His philosophy is that you can use your mind to overcome physical issues. So, for example, he believes that. Um, you can cure yourself of illness even, you can stop your body overheating or getting too cold. But more importantly, he got drunk at a party and did some breakdancing. I just love that so much. So I've never heard of him, so I'm. Uh, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. Oh my God, Louis, he changed my life. I swear to God, like I had anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Started doing the Wim Hof techniques and learning about him a bit more. And I honestly don't suffer at all. This whole this whole isolation thing has sent people that often get anxiety a bit, you know, on a backward spiral. But mm. I've been using my Wim Hof technique. I've done the cryo chambers because of him. He is phenomenal. So he's on my daily my daily timetable without fail. Will you um send me a link? I certainly will. Legend. Louise Gookie. Yeah. You are not a person who likes discomfort. There is no way <laughs> you are going to have a 10 minute cold shower. If we're off, said. 15 seconds. You've got to start somewhere. Yeah, I'll start with like just, you know, turning the tap on, getting, well, the shower on, getting in and out, and then we can work from there. You'll start by making your boyfriend get in it, and then you'll have a bubble bath. That's how you start. <laughs> cool. Anyway, what else is on your timetable? A lot. I mean, 
I've got, okay, so 11.30am, I take my mum for a run, because obviously I told you she's blind, so she needs a guide. So my mm. one exercise that I'm allowed out for becomes two, because I'm technically a guide. But we just go around the block and do a 15-minute run to keep her exercised. Amazing. Um, then I have my meditation for 15 minutes. Um, after that, I'm I'm writing a children's novel at the moment, Harry Potter-esque, Marvel-esque, <gasps> Unfortunate Events-esque, and I'm on my 30,000-word mark now. What? Right, so this has given me great time to get on with this. Jess, yeah. you are smashing isolation. I, I, oh, God. I took a nap in the garden today. <laughs> I mean, listen, this has only been since I got out of Surrey. When it started in London, I spent two days eating hobnobs and feeling sorry for myself. So I thought, okay, back Wim Hof, I'm going to use you and get back to it. <laughs> um, yeah, trust me, it didn't start out this well. What, what hobnobs? Milk chocolate? No, I can't because I'm a vegan. It's the normal hobnobs, but dip them in a cup of tea and my God, mm. they are unbelievable. Well, the thing about a hobnob is that it's exactly the right consistency, that it, it soaks up enough liquid that it's sort of, um, it's juicy, but it's um, it's firm enough that it doesn't crumble. That's the worst when they crumble. So Louise, where are you? You're you're in your flat in East London. Yeah, I'm um, up in the Stowe, in Walthamstow, uh, isolating. Luckily, I've got a balcony, so it's not too bad um but mm. i mean i look down onto a really busy street there is no one there is nothing i can't see a car or a person right now yeah and we were saying obviously your friendly neighborhood drug dealers have even started isolating <laughs> so if you were in the market for some some drugs you, you're, you're not even gonna be able to get that i know this is just absolutely crazy so basically i overlook a car park and i'm just giving away where i live um and there are some drug dealers. Not really. You'd have to be quite a good detective to find it. <laughs> or care, I think, is the other side of this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's these drug dealers. They come every day. But since since Monday, they have not shown themselves. So, yeah, even that's stopped. They're, they're taking society and, you know, look, looking after their after their clients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're delivering. They're doing a delivery service now. Yeah, well, I'm worried because obviously they can't, I mean, they can't declare their earnings. So I don't know what they're going to do in this period. So spare a thought for the drug dealers, everybody. Now, uh, each week we like to get in a few messages from people about our mm. topic of the week. And <laughs> our topic has been deliveries this week because obviously everyone is getting everything sent to them now or hoping to try and avoid the shops. Uh, Joe, what have we had in? <laughs> All right. So Angela uh, on Instagram Hi, Angela. says... So Angela, um, Angela N. Museums, Angela in Museums. There we go. Angela in Museums. So she works in museums. Um, see, not just a hat rack, my friend. She said she's got lots of books on dissections. The neighbour took them but gave them back. So I asked her, do her neighbours think she's a serial killer? And she said it's the one good way to make your neighbours leave you alone. So there you go. So there's always that. I neighbours to leave me alone. No, I think community spirit is lovely. It depends what your neighbours are like. It's a very true point. Yeah. <laughs> I like my neighbours, they're nice. Every week, Jess, we like to talk about, or we try and think of stuff that we've done um, that kind of proves that we're not ready for the adult world yet. Because this podcast is about teaching people how to be a grown-up. And to be fair, with your efficient, wholesome schedule, it sounds like you're quite a good grown-up. Myself and Louise aren't quite there yet. So... As I was saying to you guys before we came on air, the reason that we started recording late today is because I was actually playing uh, Championship Manager. So I downloaded Championship Manager, which is 2001, 2002. So it came out nearly 20 years ago. I used to play it during my GCSEs when I was meant to be revising. 
And since we've gone into lockdown, I've pretty much become a full-time football manager from 20 years ago in a pointless game that means nothing. I feel like you're learning a new skill. Like, who knows? You might end up being a football manager one day. Thank you so much. Uh, Louise, what do you think of my behaviour? I think it's. I think you should put the, whatever you're using down and go for a run. That's what I think, Joe. <laughs> go and see your mum because, bless her, I know that you're in a... a you're at your mum's right yes and you said that there's not a lot of space for her to get away from you and I've started to annoy her already your poor mum maybe maybe do a jigsaw with her I've a jigsaw yeah the 50s what's the telly <laughs> have you ever heard the term Jess a dog is is for life not just for Christmas Louise has slightly adapted that and her mantra is a dog is for life, not just for lockdown. Because Louise, how have you reacted to lockdown? <laughs> I bought a puppy. <laughs> no, okay. Um, this is, yeah, I don't really have, also my parents don't know yet. So they're going to listen to this and freak out. Little Dexter will be coming to join the family. Okay, so my thinking is, we've wanted a dog for about a year, right? And we've always been going, okay, when's a good time? When's a good time? When's a good time? And I'm not saying lockdown is a good time. But I've lost all of my work, so I can literally give the dog all of my attention. Um, but my boyfriend, he's in the house as well. So we've literally got two, three months to dedicate to raising a puppy. And quite frankly, I'm really excited. Yeah, you have the most well-behaved dog in history. Oh, you can be so well-behaved. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think that's a really good idea. I think it's a perfect time to get a puppy, actually. I can already see the way this podcast is going to pan out, right? <laughs> and I don't like it. Um, although we did do that and then literally there was a, a piece on the news about how the RSPCA were trying to encourage people to not do it and I was like oh yep. <laughs> fail yep. but I keep it like Dexter is a member of the family now and he's going to be a member of the family for forever so exactly yeah. and if you run out of food you're just getting silenced hey, that joke. <laughs> you're disgusting <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just saying I'm just saying, delicious. You are uh, never allowed to see. I'm going to take Jess up on her offer of uh, dog sitting. <laughs> Joe, you're not allowed near him. Uh, we talk about deliveries and the weirdest stuff you've had delivered. So I was obviously mentioning uh, it depends what your neighbours are like, whether you want to speak to your neighbours um, or whether you want to hang out with your neighbours. And I've got a, in, in the flat that I live in, right, okay, so the bottom floor is taken up by a nail bar. And the woman who runs it, we don't know who what her name is, but myself and my auntie, who lives around the corner, just call her Mama, all right? Because she's sort of like, um, she's a Polish lady, and she's got like her hair scraped all the way back, and she looks quite hard, right? I'm not going to lie. She looks quite hard. And she sort of made a few, because I get my Amazon parcels dropped there. I've not asked for them to be dropped there, but that's just where Amazon leaves them. And I've had a few sort of like weird comments, and she says sort of, odd semi-sexual things to me right and then one day I ordered some uh, biometric scales because I was keen to keep track of my weight and try and lose a little bit of weight and I went to collect them from mama and she was like and she was like what are they what are they very heavy they're very heavy and I was just like I was like oh they're actually um a set of scales and she was like, why, you tried to lose weight? And I was just like, no, no, I, I just want to sort of keep track of my weight. And she's like, you want to lose weight? You come down to the basement with me in five minutes and make you lose weight. Oh. 
<laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, thank you. No, I'm all right with the scales. Thank you very much, Mama. And I've just really tried to avoid ordering Amazon stuff to there now because I'm nervous I might have to see her. Joe, can you please go down to Mama? I really want to find out what, it, what she can do in five minutes to make you so skinny. I know, I did think that. I was like, do you know what? It's cheaper than a gym membership, but I don't know if it's worth it. Jess, if we run out of content, then the podcast in about six weeks' time might just be <laughs> me, me and Mama in the basement. <laughs> Oh, God, that's not an image that I want in my mind for much longer. So, Jess, what, what like, weird stuff have you had delivered or do you, like, order? Do you know what? I don't really get that much stuff. My mum's stuff was the weirdest. When I left, I lived in Manchester and got divorced and moved back to mum's for a bit. And when I um, moved here, all her stuff would come. So my mum, being blind, gets all these weird gadgets through the door. Mm. Come in all funny shapes and sizes. <laughs> <laughs> One time she got something called a, I can't remember what it's called, but basically what it does is it's a, a long thing and round. Yeah. You, you oh. put it on your clothes and it will tell you what colour they are for the washing. Oh, but wow. Obviously, what the, the parcel it comes in would potentially look like something you get from Anne Summers. So I used to get a bit scared opening any of her parcels. So I'd be like, well, are you expecting anything? And then if she didn't panic, I'd be like, okay, cool, I can open it. But I don't, I don't think I've ever had anything too weird. I think I've been quite lucky or oh, I'm that weird myself that weird things don't really make an impact yeah I know what you mean <laughs> I mean that's awkward isn't it because imagine like yeah that's an awkward conversation to have with your mum at any time oh tell me about it Louise what do you order you must order lo- you, like you and I are addicted to ordering things online yeah I mean since I don't have a lot to do at the moment I keep ordering like little things to try and make the yeah. house look nice so I've just ordered some sand um to put oh, in <laughs> So I've got like a, a like a candle vase thing and I want to put sand at the bottom of it. So I just sorted some sand. Um, we had a shed delivered just before everyone went into isolation and the delivery driver was like, you know, you live in a flat, right? <laughs> I'm getting sass from the delivery driver. What are you going to do with the shed in the flat? That's a good question. Um, so it's sitting on the balcony and it currently has like things for outside in, like a watering can and some pots oh, yeah, and some soil. And some sand, presumably. Not yet. It's not been delivered yet. Wow. Okay. That is, I mean, that's one of the most pointless things that anybody could order. But I, yeah, I know what you mean. I love ordering just like weird little things. Do you remember like those um, overnight like infomercials that they used to have on telly? So like when I was about, probably about 15, 16, and you just basically stay up all night. I used, there used to be this advert on TV for this thing called the six second abs. Do you remember that? <gasps> I think so. Is it the way you have to sit up and pull yourself up with it? Yeah, it looks like almost like a vertical harpsichord. And you put the handles under your chin and there's like a little, what would I call it? Like a little stand that goes across your groin. (laughs) And you kind of push down and push it in. I'm doing the action actually in my bedroom. You push down and push it in. (laughs) And then... Yeah, you push down, push it in, and then you come up and down. So it's basically like doing a standing, a sitting down crunch. Mm. And I, I ordered one of them for like 30 quid with my money from working at BHS at like three o'clock in the morning. Mum's was a bit different. It's the one you used to put your head on and hold onto the bar on top of your head. <laughs> what? When she had it, I was at dance school. So if it did work, I wouldn't have really known because I was dancing all the time. So I had some abs at that point. Right. Okay. So you didn't have to use it. No, but I played on it because I thought, oh, look at me being an adult on my mum's ab toy. 
I was once accused, actually, of uh, of breaking into a car. So I was walking down the street. And as I was walking down the street, these like little, we're well, not little kids, but like 30, I was probably about 17. And these 13 year olds were running away. And my neighbor came running out and she was wearing leggings, like a little uh, gym top that only covers uh, your boobs and had like the little electrode things on her stomach. Mm. Yeah. And she ran out and she was like, oh, I was doing my uh, ab electric exercises and I saw you breaking into the car. And I was like, well. I was like, I wasn't because I'm walking past quite nonchalantly for someone who's just broken into a car. <laughs> and then I had to stand and have an argument with my neighbour in the street while she had electrodes on her stomach and she accused me of being a car thief. Wow. So I've ordered them before. This is uh, another <laughs> um, thing that I ordered online. They're, they're really painful. I don't know how she stood there and had a conversation with you. I think she must have turned it off before oh, right. she came out, but she hadn't detached the electrodes. Fine. Did break into her car? Yeah, well, these these little lads were trying to break into. Well, the thing is, Jess, I'm from the uh, the mean streets of Southwest London, so yeah. the, uh, the the TW postcode is is pretty. It's a pretty dangerous area. <laughs> God. Well, I hope you uh, put her in her place and her abs. <laughs> I didn't attack her. No, I just told her that I didn't do it and left. <laughs> building up a vision of you being some gangster after that spiel about where you grew up <laughs> yeah no that's that is the right way to think about me jess i am a i'll send you some pictures oh. i have of joe later jess um he's not a gangster thug life bloody thug life big question then are you going to be ordering anything while we are in isolation except you know food and stuff anything that you've been scrolling through the internet and gone oh <laughs> I've been doing it. I've been going online to do some shopping. And the other day I ordered some Converse and I was like, I can't wait to wear these out. And then I was like, you're an idiot. When are you going to wear them out? Your work has stopped. So you've paid £70 for a pair of trainers you will not get to wear and you'll not be earning any money. Good one, imp. And then, <laughs> since I was about 21, when I was going through my I'm cool stage, I looked for a little bit and then I stopped for years. And then when I got divorced, I started again. And I was so cross with myself. But I started doing this stuff called snus instead, which is like chewing tobacco. And I oh, had yeah. that chewing face. tobacco. I know. Yeah, I'm tough, yeah. here, guys. Basically, I ordered some of that the other day, and I don't know why because I don't even want it. It makes me feel sick. So I ordered nice. some chewing tobacco from Norway. Wow. <laughs> Where all the best chewing tobacco comes from. <laughs> it's from Sweden. That's going to take forever to get here at the minute as well. So even if you wanted to have it, it's going to be like three months. I look forward to my chewing tobacco in three months' time and my Converse's and I can finally walk yeah. around in them. So the only people I know who have ever had chewing tobacco are sort of like 60, 70-year-old men with little flat caps on. I've, uh, Jess and you just don't really strike me as the person to chew on tobacco. I mean, you haven't seen me with the elderly neighbours of the weekend. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird chewing tobacco because, Jess, does it come in a little tin? Yeah, but it's like in a pillow now, so you put it on your top lip because if I chewed it, it goes into your stomach, it makes you feel sick. But I was putting it on my top, like in my in my top lip and then it just like makes you feel like you get a bit of a nicotine hit and then you just dump it. I wouldn't advise it. It's probably not good for you still. <laughs> but, um, it's better than me smoking cigarettes, I should imagine. Right, we're talking about weird deliveries and stuff and we hear from, we like to hear from Louise's parents every oh, week. we do. Shall we hear from Nina? Yeah, so we've only got Nina this week because Dad, like, realistically doesn't ever order anything online. It's only Mum, so... It was in the early 90s. I was um, a receptionist at a local health clinic. 
hadn't worked there for very long and I was asked to order some stationery envelopes, which I did. Uh, only thing is though that I had misread the quantities in each box. So I was told to um, order something like a hundred, which I did. But then the next day when the delivery arrived, there was about a hundred boxes and there was a roller cage absolutely to fall to the brim of all these envelopes. I was very apologetic and very red-faced, but you know, they actually kept them. And for all I know, they're most probably still going through them at the moment. <laughs> I've actually done something similar when I was working for my auntie when I was at theatre school. I, I was told to order some, I think it was the laminating papers, and instead of the small amount, I ordered boxes of that. So that didn't go down too well. <laughs> So they've been working their way through laminating papers for the past 10 years. Probably. <laughs> Just like the receptionist has with the envelopes. Love it. See, it's easy to do. Easy to do. So your mum ordered, yeah. so she was meant to order 100 envelopes. Yeah. She, had... she ordered 100 boxes. Yeah. So they've probably got, I would say, they've probably got 100 in each box. Yeah. So probably. that's 10,000 envelopes. <laughs> I mean, that, they are still going through them today. How many letters would it, like a small... I mean, that is extraordinary. It was like 20 years ago, so they may have got through them by now. Also, did they have to then put in their budget for that year? Like, there's a massive overspend, but then obviously, like, count that against a lack of envelope spend for the next five, six years. I think you're overthinking it, Joe. I don't, I don't think anyone did that. I'm just saying for the poor practice manager who's suddenly got to explain to the NHS why there's been like a thousand pounds spent on envelopes. I'll ask. I'll find out. I'm sure times are a bit easier back then. If she did it now, it'd be an issue. You know, when they suggest things like, I don't know if this happens to you two, like when they go, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? And you go like, so say you go online, like you want to do a quick Sainsbury shop and all you want to get is some loo roll and some hand soap for example and you come back with like 42 avocados a lifetime supply of colgate the whole toilet roll thing baffled me like yeah why are people bulk buying toilet roll? It's, i swear we live in this like herd mentality world where it's like one person has just taken the heaps of toilet roll we must all do the same i think that's exactly well, what it is I left Louise quite a lengthy voice note, so I've, I've got quite a lot of opinions on like people's habits and stuff during this whole thing. I think one of the biggest social problems with uh, this entire crisis is the fact that people read news from disreputable outlets. Yeah. So the internet and Twitter and Facebook and just, well... And don't online check their sources. Well, this is the thing, but there are there are websites out there. There are huge, enormous websites. And let's face it, we've probably all worked for them at some point. <laughs> but their journalists aren't required to be qualified or to have... Uh, they don't have proper journalistic checks and balances or sensibilities in place in order that they have to fact check and corroborate their sources and therefore the news stories have clickbait headlines yeah. which where the sources aren't verified and because human beings always want to read the more exciting thing we're always going to go on to the thing that says oh we're all going to die or oh make sure you get toilet roll oh make sure you do this yeah. instead of the guardian article that says oh oxford professor explains coronavirus like a grown-up most people yeah. aren't going to read that but the problem is and the thing that's scaring people is they're reading this unverified bullshit which makes them do the wrong thing and that it really bugs me because I, I feel like a lot of problems in the world are simply due to crappy journalism 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, even the way if we go back to something different, quite sad, like Caroline Flack, it was absolutely abuse from headlines that were clickbait headlines, but also these clickbait headlines give a platform for the trolls to jump on. Mm-hmm. And imagine being in that position and reading it. I mean, I really think there should be stricter rules on clickbait headlines and crappy journalism because I really think they're destroying lives from it. You're absolutely right. And those uh, when Caroline Flack uh, passed away, some outlets that had printed horrible stories about mm-hmm. her, which had lots of conjecture in, no real facts, went back, deleted the posts yeah. online and then posted... Um, like memorials to her the yeah. the level of cynicism and how callous it is is absolutely astonishing it's a disgrace I, I feel like the fact that these human beings are even like these these are trolls ultimately working for a, a newspaper that's how I see it like they're yeah. wanting to hurt people's feet like it, they're wanting to hurt people and destroy their reputation like imagine it, if the shoe was on the other foot how would they cope and I don't think that's a normal human would want to do that to other people so I, I don't I think they need much stricter laws on what people are allowed to print and I know the ones that oh freedom of speech but there, there comes a, t- a point when it's like bullying and bullying is not acceptable especially when it yeah. then goes online and um it's just completely false information and that's and not just to a massive massive audience that we can't control anymore yeah. And then it gets yeah. sort of taken out of control. And I mean, the internet, even in this crisis that we're having, some of the stuff that's been pushed through Twitter, oh, my, my brother's sister's auntie's best mate works for the government. And they're saying this. It's like, who who are these people who are creating this stuff? Well, it's, well I was on the radio the other day and um, we were having the discussion about, oh, yeah, there's 20,000 troops ready um, and it's like in peacetime, the UK permanently has 20,000 troops ready to deploy. That is the standard peacetime footing. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to tell a story about something I saw online this morning that really made me laugh. And I can only assume that it's false news. But the amount of traction it was getting on Twitter and shares was that um, over in Russia, they'd released... 500 lions onto the street to stop people coming out of their homes. That'll keep you inside. So, um, I mean, I did have a little look. It turns <laughs> out it's not true. Um, but people, honestly, on Twitter, on Facebook, were just sharing, 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 going, can't believe this is happening. What, what a world we're living in. This is what I mean. We live in a society where people actually believe this nonsense. I know. It's crazy. It's like common sense. Yeah. Famously, not many lions in Russia. So it's quite hard to get 500. I I literally wouldn't know. How are we dealing with the food situation? I saw something on Instagram the other day said, forget about self-isolating from other people. I need to self-isolate from the fridge. (laughs) I I cannot stop thinking about what's in the fridge. I have to like do stuff to distract myself, to stop myself just going in there and grazing. I I put myself on like a health diet to like make sure I'm not overeating because the two days where I was self-isolating in London... I swear to God, if I'd have carried that on, I'd have put on about 25 stone and been like morbidly obese. Um, Brilliant. I, when I came back here, the the timetable of allocating my hour of when I cook, when I have lunch, when I have breakfast has been a godsend. That's really great. Louise, you doing as well as that? Um, I have to say I did the polar opposite. So yeah. um, <laughs> I decided that I didn't want to get fat while I was in isolation. So I went super healthy cut back a little bit on the amount I was eating but then up to my exercise um 
And I'm going to be honest with you, I was on my period as well. So on occasions like that, I need to eat a little bit more. Last night, got home from a run and fell asleep on the sofa because I felt so faint and like my blood sugars had just completely dropped that I slept for about 11 hours. So I'm having to go the other way and up, up my food. Yeah. I think quite a lot of people are enjoying some home drinking. Oh, as yeah. Well. I'm doing that one. Yeah, Jess, how's that going for you? So, on Saturday, when I was still in London, and I've got some flatmates, we just, and my boyfriend at the time, he's still my boyfriend now. But he <laughs> I was going to say, what happened? That was... <laughs> what a way to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> he came over before the lockdown and he stayed with me for three days, and we had a house party, just us three, and I got absolutely hammered on yeah. the Prosecco. Um, of course you did disco dancing and and stuff but i had a really good time yeah feeling regretful jess is a very fun drunk luckily now my mum doesn't drink so for as long as we're in this lockdown there's no booze in the house see my mum's quite the opposite she loves a wine so we've got (laughs) she has a little um like motorhome thing in france and they go over there when they come back they stock up with boxes of wine oh nice They've, uh, to be honest, it's like the abfab relationship with me and my mum, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd try to be the sensible one and she'd, she'd be there with her wine getting boozy. And um, yeah, she didn't last night, she was, because I'm home, but I don't see that lasting for too much longer. And at this rate, I'm going to join her because it might be a nightly. Although I don't, I'm concerned that the lockdown might breed a load of alcoholics now. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I've had a drink every night except last night since, um, yeah, last week, I guess. Well, it's a very uniquely British thing because my mate texted me the other day and went, uh, spent 150 quid stocking up for the lockdown. I was like, oh, what'd you get? And he was like, well, booze. <laughs> I was like, anything you can eat? <laughs> like, no, brilliant. just loads of alcohol. Right, so... What do you think we've learned today, Louise? I've I've been making notes, actually. Oh, you loser. I know. Um, (laughs) So we've learnt don't order chewing tobacco, I think is right up there. Um, Definitely not. Unless you're you're a man from the 50s, (laughs) chewing tobacco is the look. Um, Also, make a timetable. I think this is very good advice for isolation. And so much so, I'm going to do it this evening for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually, because I mean, we have had, I mean, the, the, I'm not going to lie to you, Jess, the, the quality, the intellectual quality of the guests we've had on this podcast so far has been rock bottom. <laughs> so you, um, you are, you are top. You say but, that I to mean, all it, the guests. Yeah, well, because they're all, each, each one is slightly better than the last, but it <laughs> is, as, well, Louise, they are, they have been a bunch of thickos, but luckily that's the audience we're going for as well. Wow. So... <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> no, so what so what I was actually gonna say is this is by far and away the best advice. It's the first sensible grown-up advice we've actually had. Well, yeah. me. I'm, I feel really proud of myself. I'm a changed woman. It must have been when I hit 30, things must have changed. Jess, I was at your 30th birthday party and you didn't invite anyone to your 30th birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> what so it was just you two? No, okay. No, so um our manager, we have the same manager, he organised a big birthday party for Jess and like had lots of people over. It was a lovely big barbecue. It was a great day. Jess didn't actually invite anyone. I so it was just people she didn't know. At yeah. I'll the quick story really quickly. Basically, I am really bad at organising things. I couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. I struggle with life when it comes to organisation. I was mm. my actual birthday was March. This party was in like June, and I still hadn't managed to organise a party. So our manager said, "Look, 
I'll throw you one to invite people. But I forgot until like two days before and then invited everyone. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm busy. So I just turned up on my own. And I mean, I got shit faced. We had a great time, didn't we, Louise? <laughs> we had a great time. We were so drunk, though. That was, yeah. I the party, to be quite honest. No. Did, did your friends, like some of your friends, see pictures of this party on social media and be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. They were a bit like, oh, is this the party? I wish we could have come. And I was like, me too, mate, because my manager now, a year on, is still calling me Billy No Mates. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we bonded Louise and made a firm friendship from that. We did. And I'd like to say that our friendship stems from Prosecco. Like all good friendships, it's born out of alcoholism. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, that is genuinely great advice. If you want to learn how to be a grown up and deal with isolation and lockdown, make a list. And I think Jesse's working on this novel as well. I think work on creative projects. You can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about this. So just treat it like an enforced holiday and use it to do all that stuff, whether it's catch up on your reading. You wanted to learn to paint, play the guitar, learn Spanish, write a novel give yourself liver cirrhosis like Louise, <laughs> whatever it is you want to do with your time, use it as an enforced holiday to do it. Um, and you can always reach out to us and we're always here to chat, aren't we, Louise? What's the contact details? At the Grown Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, um, no, actually on a serious note, that like it, people will, there will be people struggling who are in isolation by themselves. So reach out. We are yeah. more than happy to chat. Yeah, and look, I know I'm always calling the listeners thick. And largely, I stand by it. But <laughs> if, no, it's a podcast by thick people for thick people, Louise. That's why Jess has been our first clever guest. I've never been called that before. Have I? <laughs> hey, listen, honestly, if you do want to get in touch with us at The Grown Up Pod, uh, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be doing a whole load of specials. Yeah. Jess and Piazzi, thank you so much. No, thank you, guys. Pleasure. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> I just thought Louise was just going to just be like, yep. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I didn't really know. I just wanted to say thank you. I wanted to say something, but I didn't really need it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>